uh, the theme for the next six weeks. Uh, we're on this word, this one thing. Here's where we're at. A surrender. Say surrender. 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 Lay it down to cease resistance. To submit. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says this. Humble yourselves, therefore. Make yourselves low. Face in the dirt. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So that at the proper time he may exalt you. Cast your anxieties, cast your burdens, cast your worries, cast your cares, cast your pain, cast, cast all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. I'm all for stating the obvious, and so here's the obvious. Surrender is hard. We all, we all know we ought to. It's you actually, if you open your ESV New Testament, you actually won't find the word in your ESV New Testament. But every passage that we read is laced with this, surrender. There's a reason why. Surrender usually happens at the end of a war. There's a reason why. An assailant surrenders after a chase. Why? Surrender's not natural. Surrender's not normal. Surrender's not our inclination. It is really, really hard. I have four boys at home. My wife has five. <laughs> and she will tell you, you want to know if surrender's normal? Come to our house. We don't have white sheets, let alone white flags. Think about it. C.S. Lewis said this about surrender in his work called The Problem with Pain. He said the full acting out of the self-surrender to God, the full acting out, so us actually surrendering to God demands pain. Why? It's not normal. It's not something we choose volitionally. The full acting out of the self-surrender to God demands pain. This action of surrender to be perfected must be done from the pure will to obey in the absence or in the teeth of inclination. If you want to do it, it's probably not surrender. Left to our flesh, we won't want to do it. But today we're going to walk through this exercise. Today we're going to walk through the scriptures and we're going to see that God's going to empower us to lay it down. God's going to empower us to surrender. God's going to empower us to submit. You see, surrender is only made possible after we've been pressed under the persistent weight of severe grace. Let me say it again. Surrender is only possible after we've been pressed under the weight of God's severe grace. Have you been pressed under the weight of God's severe grace ever? very essence of the gospel declares this, that our God graciously pursues us until we surrender. The gospel is this, our God graciously pursues us until we surrender. And I've been reminded this week that that pursuit doesn't stop at the moment of salvation. It doesn't stop at the moment of a sinner's prayer. It doesn't stop at that moment. It begins 
It begins again. It begins fresh and new. He longs to pursue us even now. That we would not just surrender once, but that we would remain surrendered. Where's your heart on this? You see, he never stops pursuing through trial and opportunity, through victory and defeat, through joy and through pain. Our God is pursuing us to surrender. You see, there are certain seasons of life where God blesses us with the choice to have no choice. There are certain seasons of life where God blesses us with the choice to actually have no choice. And you see, it's in these moments when we realize that my only option, my only pathway forward is surrender. How do we get there? That's the question for the morning. What's on your heart? What needs to be laid down? What anxiety, what care, what ailment, what pain, what, what pursuit, what ambition? Think about it. Sometimes it's the pressure of circumstances that we have to surrender. Sometimes it's family conflict. Sometimes it's our fill in the blank. Sometimes it's external pressures that we have to surrender. But so many times it's actually my internal inclinations that really need to be laid down. It's my own ambitions. It's my own desires. It's my own I think betters that actually need to come before the Lord. And then there's this, the power of sin needs to be surrendered, doesn't it? We saw the power of confessed sin last Sunday. We saw the power of confessed sin last Sunday at our body life where we dealt with sensitive information where a leader of our church confessed sin and got it right and they are repentant and God is healing and God will restore and it's going to happen for he is good. How does it happen? Surrender. How does it happen? Only through the power of God. And so my question this morning is this. What is it for you? You ready to lay it down? Church is not a passive activity. Worship to God is not something that we come to spectate of. Today we meet with our God. Today we communicate with our God. Today we come before him and we say, God, this is it. This is the thing. These are the things that we long to surrender to you. And so as we enter into God's word today, let's sing this song again. Let's sing this chorus again, thinking this. What does it mean to wave a right flag, a white flag? God, I'm done. God, I submit. God, I lay it down. Let's sing.
believing and knowing that you inhabit the praises of your people, believing and knowing that you are present in this place, believing and knowing that your ear is inclined toward those who surrender unto you, believing that your arm is not short that you might heal, believing God today that you have a work to do in us. And we praise you for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all of Harvest said, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're on surrender today. Then have a seat. victory. We all want it. We train for it. We're liable to fight for it. Uh, we long for it as it passed, as it crossed our minds that in the Christian life, in the spiritual realm, that victory actually comes through surrender. If you're ready to surrender today, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Bad news you've already heard. A surrender comes by way of pain. A surrender is not an easy thing. A surrender is not a natural inclination of our hearts. Surrender is something uh, that we will pass through. Uh, it's a gauntlet through which we can't pass through on our own. But here's the good news. The good news is while it's painful, while it's difficult, while it's hard, hear the difference in my voice, it actually is quite simple. Simple. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 16. What is the book of Proverbs? But a book of wisdom to us. It's a book that God moved in the wisest man who ever lived to write down so that it may be passed on to future generations what it looks like to live a life that pleases our God. In the simplest way today, I believe that Proverbs chapter 16 in the first four verses walks us through exactly what it looks like to surrender in the simplest form. And I got four words for you today, four words. Four words you probably, I hope you learned in kindergarten. If you skipped kindergarten, we'll catch you up. It goes like this, yes, no, Please, thank you. Yes, no, please, thank you. Can you say those words with me? Come on, say them with me. Yes, no, please, and thank you. Surrender is as simple as saying yes to God. Surrender is as simple as saying no to myself. Surrender is as simple as saying please for God's favor. And you see, a surrender is as simple as saying thank you even when I don't understand. If you can say those four words, I'm telling you God's doing a work in your heart. First word, yes. Say yes. yes. Proverbs 16, the plans of the heart belong to the man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. 
Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked in the day of trouble. The plans of a man, the plans of the heart belong to a man. The plans of a heart belong to a man. The plans of a heart belong to the man. Stop and think about this. God has allowed for us to plan. God delights in this, that he he provides us vision and he provides us plan. You see, surrender is not this idea of let go, let God. I have no idea what that means. Surrendering is not a passive activity. It's a verb. It's an action. It's a choice. It's a decision. By definition, it means to cease resistance and to submit. It's not that we cease to plan. It's not that we cease to have ambition. It's not that we cease living. It's quite the contrary. It's just that we take our plans, we take our ambitions, we take our vision, and we, uh, we ask the Lord to fill it in. We submit it completely. We lay it before God. You see, the Lord desires for you to have vision for your life. He desires for you to have vision for your family. He desires for us to have vision for our church. He longs for us to have a vision to reach our world. But have you ever had conflicting plans? Where are you going to lunch today? Oh, you haven't talked about it yet? Count on it. Bank it. Conflicting plans are already in the works. Which plan wins? Which plan wins? I mean, in life, when the stakes are a little bit higher than lunch, like, which plan wins? I got two pathways ahead of me. I got one guy who wants to go this way, another guy that wants to go that. One spouse wants this, another spouse. Which plan wins? Look at the text. The plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So like when I first read this, I'm like, oh, here's how it works. We're going to lay our plan before God and we'll lay multiple plans before God and he'll, like, he'll do like one of those like things where you lay the shell and you move them all around and you try to guess which one the ball is under. You ever play that game? Or maybe, maybe we just lay a plan out and God will give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And you all see a thumb in the sky anytime recently? Like kind of in an anthropomorphic way, God just, God just will just kind of make it known. Kind of like, kind of like, um, plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. It's kind of like, it's kind of like somebody gifted my family with a zip line for my house because I have a pretty cool house with a with a with a yard that goes a hill down into a stream. And someone thought we have a zip line. Would you like it? Let me think about it. Plans of a yes. And so um, my oldest son's idea was, Dad, we can totally take the zip line and we can put it from our second story deck and we can like run this thing right under the water. And I'm like, son, here's the deal. The plans of the heart belong to the man, but the answer of the tongue is from your mother. (laughs) You see, this is not what this passage is saying. It's not merely that we lay our plans before God and he gives us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. What it's saying is the very answer from your lips is from God. For the one who's submitted to him, for the one who is laid low before him, 
You see, God doesn't merely approve our plan. He gives us the plan. He doesn't merely approve them. He instills them. He's sovereignly at work with insurrendered hearts, enabling us to put our thoughts and our inclinations into words. If you're breathing today, it's because your sovereign God is enabling you to do so. If you're thinking today, it's because he's given you the faculties and the capacity to do so. If we, if we really want to surrender, we've got to get on this. The plans of the heart belong to man, but man, even, the, even, the, even my response in any of this is only through the power of a sovereign God. And some of you are like, wait, 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 wait. Let me help, help, help me understand this. Couldn't somebody totally manipulate this? You're saying like the actual answers off of our tongue can come from God? Like so, totally someone could go rogue on this. For sure they could. So surrender in this respect looks like this. Being led by the Spirit while being chained to God's Word. It's being led by the Spirit while being chained to God's Word. What does it mean to say yes to God? What does it mean to say yes to God? It means to be led by His Spirit while chained to His Word because His Spirit's not going to lead us anywhere that the Word of God would not guide us and steer us towards. Amen? So the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I wonder what the Lord is placing upon your heart. Maybe God's been seeking to place something on your heart for a real long time, but it hasn't left your lips yet. You see, sometimes our ears have to say what our heart is saying. Our ears have to hear what our heart is saying. And sometimes our eyes have to see the words written down on a page. What's God asking you to say yes to today? Maybe, maybe in your own life, maybe some of you in this room, you're like, I, I don't even know why I'm here. Somebody drugged me here. I don't even know. Don't know. Now you do. I believe with all my heart, here's the, here it is. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so for some of you today, this is it. Write this down on your paper. This is what God is asking me to say yes to. He's asking me to seek after him. Some of you need to just seek after the Lord. There's some of you in this room who have yet to find God, even though he may be pursuing after you. Today could be the day that you find the Lord. Others of you, perhaps, you've found God or better theology. He's found you. But you haven't been in God's word for a real long time. You've been skating by, and you know as well as I do. It's tough to be chained to that which you don't know. It's tough for the Spirit to guide you when He doesn't have the fuel of God's Word living within you. And so for some of you, it might be this, write this down, I'm going to buy a Bible. It might be as simple today as this, I'm going to get a Bible, or I'm going to ask somebody here for a free one. Go quick, buy some. Others, it's like, I'm going to get into God's word this week. I'm going to get into God's word this week. God longs to speak with me, but I haven't listened. I haven't opened his word to hear. God longs to walk with you. He wants you to find him. He's not playing hide and go seek in the sense that he doesn't want to be found. 
He's not whispering in a sense that he doesn't want you to hear. And he's not walking in a way that you have to run to catch up. Your God longs to walk with you that you may grow. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, being rooted and built up and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. God longs, God longs. What is it that God's asking you to say yes to today? Maybe beyond yourself, it's your family. Maybe beyond yourself, it's your family. Maybe you need to turn and look toward your spouse or your significant other and say, yes, today is the day I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop blaming. I'm going to take responsibility. We got 50-50 on this, 100-100 on this, whatever. What's God saying yes to? Husbands, love your wives. And see to it, ladies, that you would respect your husband. Ephesians 5.33. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother for it's the first commandment given with a promise. Maybe God longs for you to lean into his family of God here at the church. Maybe he's, maybe he's been pushing on you. Maybe he's been tugging on you. Maybe he's been saying, trust, come on. Take a step in trust. You've been hurt before, but now's the time. Try again. Try again. Try again. Look, when God drops, when God drops an opportunity and he has our church's attention and we're all eyes, all eyes are up, what is he saying? He's saying, come on, all hands in. All hands in. You've been gifted. He's given you a spiritual gift if you know him as Savior. And he longs for you to use it. I believe God has incredible plans for our church moving forward. I believe he's purifying his church and he's taking all drag up out of the water, but that's not going to happen if we're not all in. Romans chapter 12 says this. God's on unity. Surrender is going to demonstrate itself in unity for as in one body we have many members, so the members do not all have the same function. Aren't you glad you're not like me? Somebody said, amen, you're forgiven. <laughs> so we, though, many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Listen, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, this is so simple. Let us use them. I don't think you need me to unpack that at all. Look, if it's prophecy, in the proportion to faith. If it's service, then come on and serve. If it's teaching, let's go. Teach. The one who exhorts, let's exhort. Encourage. For the one who contributes, give, 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 and give generously. There's a mission to be accomplished. To the one who leads, let him lead with zeal. And to the one who acts of mercy, let him do it with cheerfulness. What's he saying? When all eyes are up, when the adversary drops a bomb, what is it? It's come on, all hands in. If you're inclined to serve, then come on and serve. If you're inclined to teach, let's dissect this thing and get the truth of God on the table. If, you're, if your gift is encouragement, go encourage somebody. If your gift is prophecy, come on, wave the banner of righteousness. Call out sin. But if your gift is mercy, put your arm around somebody. I don't have all of these gifts. I'm commanded to demonstrate them all. But each one of you in this room have a strength in one of these areas. Think about how beautiful the picture is when we all do it. What's God calling you to say yes to today? Be practical, be tangible, write it down. 
Seek the Lord. Open his word. Walk with him. Get home right. Work on the relationships and lean in to the mission of God. And then this, there's a world that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is he asking you to say yes to? Your pen, please put your pen to the page. Ask the Lord what it is he wants you to surrender. And so, Father, that's, that's our yes. Father, we long for you to move. We long for you to speak to our hearts. Father, we long to be guided by the authority of your word. We can always say yes when we walk in your truth. We can always say yes in the reception of your promises. We can always say yes, Lord God, when we're laying it down for you, please God, help us in this. We say yes to you, Lord God, we pray and we ask it to be so in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can have a seat. And so we're saying yes to God. We're saying yes to God. Proverbs chapter 16. The plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Verse 2. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. And then but, that's a powerful but. But the Lord weighs the spirit. All the ways of a man seem right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Remember, by definition, a surrender means to submit. Surrender means that I don't get what I initially want. Surrender is not my natural inclination. You see, if I want to say yes to God, I have got to say no to myself. And this is what I've learned about myself. I can't trust myself. Here's what I've learned about my heart. I can't trust my own heart. Worst news, the scripture says, neither can you. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand? Just stop and think about all the emotions that have flooded your heart even in the last week. I mean, things going on at our church aside. I'm just talking about your everyday life. What, are, what is the myriad of emotions that you've felt? Anger? Fear? Frustration? Been inclined towards foolishness? Perhaps despair has flooded in from time to time. Here's the problem with my heart. I think I'm right. The problem with our hearts is we, we think we're right. Why do I feel this way? Because I think... I have a right to feel this way. Why am I thinking about that? Because I believe I ought to be thinking about that, and I've rationalized somewhere along the line that that's what I ought to be doing, and this is how I ought to go about it. And see, 
Even when I know I'm wrong, somehow I rationalize it. To believe at the very least it's excusable. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. The ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. The ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. This is why it's so important to take thoughts captive, isn't it? It's so important to take, take thoughts captive. The scriptures call us, take every thought captive. Bring it into submission into the truth of Jesus. This is why it's so important to live in community. This is why your small groups are so crucial. This is why we need uh, fellow Christians, those who, who can say yes with us and can point out my nose. How's your heart? Have you weighed it recently? Have you laid it before the Lord and asked him to weigh your heart? Have you? How is your heart? Let me just be real practical, very, very practical. Like, how do I measure it? I'm not even sure how to measure it. How do I, I don't even, I don't know. I, I don't know. Here's something very, very practical. I found the health of my heart is directly proportionate to the quality of my sleep. I don't know if I can get any more practical than that. The condition of my heart oftentimes is directly proportional to the quality of my sleep. Isn't it interesting when your heart's not in the right place? You toss and you turn and it won't shut off and you just can't. You're trying to scheme, you're trying to think, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to... Not every sleepless night is a result of that. Nevertheless, Only the Lord knows the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. Only the Lord knows the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. Only the Lord even can weigh and measure my heart, and it's mine. Let me ask you this. Have you been guilty? Have you been guilty of measuring somebody else's heart before you've surrendered your own? Have you been guilty of measuring somebody else's heart that really, it's really the work of the Lord? Have you measured somebody else's heart before you've surrendered your own? Just stop and consider it. Only the Lord we have a tough enough time judging our own hearts, let alone measuring somebody else's. What does it look like to ask the Lord to examine our hearts? What does it look like to submit ourselves to his weighing? Psalm 139. May these verses lead us. May we invite the Lord in this way, search me. What does it mean to surrender? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. God, see if there's any grievous way in me. Please, God, just search me. Try me. Look into my thoughts. If there's any grievous way in me, lead me away. Help me say no and lead me into your life everlasting. God, search me, search me, search me. And see, as the Lord searches you, if he reveals something that needs to be repented of, if he brings up something that needs to be dealt with, if this is the thing that he longs for you to lay down and surrender, know this, that is the kindness of the Lord to you. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance, Romans 2, 4. 
It's God's kindness. It's meant to lead you to repentance. God is being kind when he convicts you. God is being kind when he exposes your sin. God is being kind. And how unbelievably gracious is it of God to move and strengthen somebody else to even stand before us and confess of their own sin that we might find conviction therein. What kind of God grants that level of courage? And what kind of God grants us that measure of kindness? Oh, that God doesn't merely expose your sin to heap guilt and shame upon you, but he exposes your sin that you may see his kindness on display. For if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. You see, if you confess your sin, if you ask him to search your heart, and then he's kind enough to expose it, then this, we confess our sins to the Lord. He is faithful and just to cleanse us. What would prevent us from asking God for this? What would prevent us from being sifted? What would prevent us from being weighed? Except that we don't want to stop what we're doing. Except that we know if we ask God to search us. Except if we ask God to reveal. Because if we actually repented, we'd have to change. I'd have to say no to myself, and I like myself. And I like tantalizing the desires of my flesh. And I like getting things the way that I want them. But yet God in his kindness says, I know better. Yet God in his kindness says, my ways are higher than your thoughts. But God in his kindness says, allow me to do my work. Oh, the tragedy of being searched and to find nothing. For if we say we are without sin, we've made God out to be a liar. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And every person in this room, God God desires in this moment to demonstrate kindness to you. God desires for you to, draw, to be drawn into a more intimate relationship with him today because you will have confessed and he will have once again forgiven. And so God, in this moment, I would just pray, not perceiving to know anybody's heart, but just knowing how desperately wicked mind can be. I make no assumptions about the specific sins that one may bring, be, bring before you right now. But Father, I know the gamut. I know what it could be. Father, those in this room who need to confess dabbling in impurities with you to you today. Father, they need to get it on the table. They need to get an accountability and they need to get it done.
Father, there are others in this room who have been practicing in deception. They haven't been telling the truth. They've lied. Father, bring it into the light. Father, others have given in to outbursts of anger and they've hurt other people. Others have been harboring resentment and unforgiveness and God, it's there, it's there, it's there. And we've justified it and we've, we've made it okay and we feel like we're deserving. God, would you demonstrate your kindness today? God, I pray boldly to you, but yet with a measure of gentleness in my voice, God, would you please free us from strongholds in our life. Father, release the grip of the adversary today. Release it, I pray. God, move in us to allow our hearts to be weighed. God, move in us to be gifted with repentance that we may turn and do a 180 away from that plan that isn't of you away from the deception that we've lived in for far too long, away from the sin that we thought would bring us happiness and has only brought death. God, give us life today. And then God, allow us to feel the strength of your forgiving hand in our lives. God, you can do that right now in this moment. May we confess our sin unto you. May we confess our sin unto you and to you. Cleanse. You are faithful and you're just. And you will cleanse us and place us back in a standing of righteousness with you. Father, we thank you for the eternal perseverance that we have as your saints. Nothing will separate us from your love. But God, we long to fellowship with you. We long for your freedom. We long for life to be breathed into our frame. Do it here now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're saying yes to God. We're saying no to ourselves. Verse 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. This is a truism. You see, the plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Now this, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You see, surrender says this, I can't. Surrender says this, I can't, I can't. Surrender says I can't, say it with me, I can't. I can't what? Say I can't what? Anything. You can't anything. So that, that yes, you said to God, you can't. That no, uh, you just declared to yourself, you can't. Wait, what? Left to ourselves, we can't. Until we get this, until we get this, surrender is not a thing. Until we understand, I can't. I can't say yes, and I can't say no. I need the power of God in my life, and therefore I need to plead to him. You see, because I can't, I must come before him and say, please. Because I can't, I've got to come before the Lord 
and just say, God, please. You see, my plan is, Lord God, I want to say yes, and I want to say no, but I can't, so I'm just... We're called to commit our work to the Lord, to commit our work to the Lord. The word work here is actually ways, to commit our ways to the Lord. What ways? All our ways. Commit your ways. Commit, commit the way you act, the way you talk, the way you are, all of your ways. You know, we just need to commit it to the Lord. The word commit here literally means to roll up. It's, it speaks of like a large boulder that you would actually kind of roll up upon. And so what is he saying? Roll your anxieties and roll your hurts and roll your pains and roll your commitments that you can't keep and roll. Your frustrations. Roll your anxieties upon me, 1 Peter 5, 7, for I care for you. You catch this? God desires. He delights in us asking of him. When's the last time you said please to God? Like literally that word came out of your mouth. What if before we said amen, we just said please? Please, amen. Please says, please says, I can do nothing without you, God, please. Please says, Lord, please protect my family. Surrendered in this way says, God, I can't, I can't. Lord, please protect me, protect my heart, protect my wife, protect my children, protect our church. Because we can't, God. Let my yes be yes, please, and let my no be no, because I know in my own strength, my yes and my no will be as good as the condition of my heart. Matthew 7 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. For which one of you? For which one of you? If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. And if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. Come on, which, who, who's going to do that? You see, our God delights in us asking, for it's in our asking that we're saying we can't. And you can. And you're like, well, pastor, I have asked. I have asked, and I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. How does this work? You got a timetable for this? You got some signs I could be looking for to see if it's coming soon? Not external ones. James 4 says this. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. 
And you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. What's the context of the passage? You want to know how strong our passions are? You want to know how strong our passions are? You want to know why people murder? Their passions. They have a passion. They have a want. And someone's standing in the way of their passion and want. And they're willing to even murder for it. Why do we quarrel and we fight? Because we have passions. And my flesh longs for these passions to be fulfilled. And so I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to bicker. I'm willing to think about it. And what's interesting is we bring these same self-passions before the Lord. And he's saying you don't have because you don't ask. And the reason you're not receiving is because you're asking without having submitted these passions to God. You're asking with the wrong motive. And so we don't say yes to God to look better. And we don't say no to God to receive a better status or, or whatever this may look like. Put your, put your improper motive in here. And so what, what we're saying here is this. Yes, God, I want to fulfill your will. And I, God, help me say no to myself. But listen, now even in my commitments, I realize that I can't. And so now I'm saying, please, God, help. Please, God, help. The answer of the tongue comes from the Lord. But I get the idea that God's been pressing on your hearts for some time, but that answer still hasn't come off your tongue, has it? He's been pressing on you for an issue for a real long time. But you've yet to voice your commitment. You've yet to actually verbalize to someone that you love and trust that you need to say no to something. This is what surrender looks like. It's in this moment saying, please God, I'm going to write it down right now and then you help me do it. You see, just the inclination, the conviction in and of itself isn't the end. You actually actually have to repent. And the conviction and desire to actually do something positive isn't the end. You actually have to make the commitment to do it. And so now, in this moment, if you would just petition the Lord right where you are, in your own way, and say, God, help me, help me to do this. Put your pen to the paper and actually write your prayer to God. Don't let it live in your mind. Don't let it bounce around on the internals of your heart. Put the pen to paper and ask God to help you and to strengthen you and to move you. Take a couple of moments and do that. Father, we're moved by the fact that your kindness is at work right now as we pen words upon a page. Father, some of these prayer, prayer requests are words of confession. Others of these are just words of appeal, just asking you for the strength to do something really good as well. God, the work that you're doing across this room runs the gamut. But God, now we're just saying, please, 
please, God, give us the strength to seek you. Give us the strength to open your word. Give us the strength to get it right. Give us the strength, Lord, to proclaim your gospel. Give us the strength, Lord God, to say no to ourselves. Give us the strength to break the strongholds, to break the chains that grip and that bind. God, you and you alone can do that. And so we surrender ourselves before you. God, there are physical pains in this room that some need to surrender to you as well, and so we do. We lay those before you. Perhaps some have been frustrated by them. But God, yet you use them. You use them while our outer man may be failing. Our inner man is being renewed day by day into the image of Jesus Christ. Father, we're asking you please. Father, we're asking you please now to be with Wayne Guyberson, who's been struggling week in and week out with, with so many physical things. Strengthen him, God. We pray for Nancy Tompkinson today, who's beginning chemo treatment this week. God, just her testimony's been so strong. She's been through this before, but now, God, we're coming to you and petitioning, saying, please. Please, God, be with our Myerstown campus as they have a leadership transition now, as they have had to bear the weight of a leader in their midst, having to leave and confess before them, God, I just pray that you would even unify us as a church, that we would tend to our business, that we would take care of that which needs to be taken care of, God, that you would do it. Examine us. Purify us. Lord God, we pray. And then, God, for the work of ministry, we're saying please. God, I'm asking you please to be with Daryl and myself as we travel to Kuala Lumpur this week and spend some time with Pastor Nate. God, would you use us? God, we're asking you to bless all of the children who will flood this room for Camp Rock. God, we're just so grateful for what you're doing there. God, you're good. You're good. Your gospel is still taking ground. You're good. God, we're praising you for the new life, the new life that our church is experiencing, salvation of souls. God, thank you, and we say please for more. We thank you for Kyle and Hannah Kuhn and their beautiful daughter, Adira, that was born. God, look, you bring life. You are good. God, we pray that you would receive this offering today, this offering of praise, this offering of sacrifice, this offering of confession, this offering of petition. God, you can do it. You can. We believe it with all of our hearts. Move in our midst now, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The team's going to come and they're going to sing again a song that we love around here making a confession that we believe that Jesus can do it. And when you are inclined and you um, are ready to stand and sing with full-throated agreement, uh, go ahead and sometimes our ears need to hear what our heart is saying. Amen? The plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Yes, God. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. No to myself. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Please, God. Now this.
The Lord has made everything for his purpose, even the wicked in the day of trouble. The Lord has made everything for a purpose. The Lord has made everything for a purpose. The Lord has made everything for a purpose. Even that, yes, that. Doesn't fit my theology well. That too. Even the wicked for the day of trouble. The Lord has a purpose for everything. And this is a phrase I've had to preach to myself over and over and over and over and over and over again. Have you preached it to yourself recently? God has a purpose. Say, God has a purpose. He has a purpose for what's happening in your life right now. He has a purpose for what's happening in your family right now. He has a purpose for what's happening in our world right now. He has a purpose for what's happening in our church right now. The Lord has a plan. You know, it's so easy to thank God when things are going well, isn't it? It's a whole other thing to say thank you for all things, even when we don't understand. There are just times that I don't understand. Is it okay that I don't understand? Is that okay? Is it okay that you don't understand? To this the Lord says, I have a purpose for everything, even the wicked in the day of trouble. God is not shocked. He's never been taken by surprise. You will never catch our God pacing the floors of heaven and wringing his hands. I have to be honest that there are times in my life where it's hard to say thank you. There are times in my life where it's been really hard to say thank you. And I got to tell you, these past couple weeks have been one of those seasons for me where it's really hard to say thank you, God, for this. The Lord continues to challenge me. Come on, surrender. Well, you you got a better plan? I thought I did. Surrender. You see, there are certain seasons of life where the Lord blesses us with the choice to have no choice. There are certain seasons of life where the Lord blesses you with the choice to have no choice, where your only choice is to say, God, I surrender. I'm laying it down now. People ask, like, how are you processing this? Or how are you processing that? Anybody ever asked you, how are you processing? How are you, how are you processing this news? Or how are you processing this event? Or how are you processing life right now? Ooh, I hate that question. But I've thought a lot about thinking. I processed the thought of processing. And um, maybe this would be helpful to you. What are we asking when we say that? Because I think it actually is very healthy. That we would come to the Lord and we would ask God to resolve in us, God, help me, help me, help me. What What are we doing in that moment? We're taking what we believe to be true and we are, <laughs> we are working with it to help us understand our current reality. You see, the process is to measure your current reality against what you believe to be true. When you're processing, what are you doing? You're measuring your current reality and you're measuring it against what do I believe to be true? And so what I believe to be true is God is good. I believe my God works all things together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. I believe that which is meant for evil, my God will use for good. I believe that God loves his children and will not withhold good gifts to those who surrender. I believe that, but my reality is saying something else. 
And so what's my processing? My processing is my current reality. What does it say about the truth I believe about my God? What does my current reality say about the truth that God says about me? What does my current reality say about what I believe about my church? And The problem in our day is that we allow our current reality to dictate our truth. Biblical processing is this that we allow the truth of God to bring our reality into line with it. And so when the storm comes, my God is good. And when sin, sin is confessed, I know it's His kindness. And when I ask for forgiveness with all of my heart, I know that He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse from all. You see how this works? What does it mean to process? But that I would weigh my current reality in the truth of God, and God's truth wins every time. This is how you say thank you even when you don't understand. This is how you're able to surrender even when it doesn't make sense because trial brings about perseverance. Perseverance brings about proven character, and character always results in hope. You got some hope? Hope comes by surrender. Hope comes by way of surrender. Surrender is only surrender when it's all the way in. It's when we surrender all. It's when we surrender all. It's when we surrender all. You know that song? Have you ever sung that song, I Surrender All? Do you know it? We sing a lot of new songs here. I think we should sing some old ones, don't you? Easy. <laughs> Love you. Can we sing this together and mean it with all of our hearts?
Father, this is our prayer. We say yes to you. We say no to ourselves. We ask you, please, for the power to do that which we've committed unto you. And then, God, we just thank you for our circumstance. We thank you for our trial. We thank you for our pain, and we thank you for your provision. And most importantly, Lord God, this morning, we thank you for Jesus Christ and his work for us. We thank you for the hope that we have in him. We thank you for the redemption that you've provided because of him. Father, we're just so grateful that because when we're able to confess our sins through the power of your kindness, that you cleanse us, God. And that you look at us now because of the work of Jesus as spotless and clean. And Father God, we're grateful for the work of Jesus who took our sin upon himself on the cross. And so God, in this moment, in this room, would you move in the heart of the one who's yet to ask for your forgiveness? Would you move in them now to ask of your forgiveness? In their own words, God, may they confess that they're a sinner who needs a Savior. And God, would you please... Move now in them. God, we know that if they ask in faith, if they ask in full surrender, God, they, you will make them a new creation. Father, I pray then that you, they would make you the Lord of their life, that they would surrender all. And then to the rest, all of us who have experienced your salvation, God, help us to surrender today, we pray. Thank you for the work that you've accomplished in this room, God. We trust you for it now. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of Harvest said, amen. 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 There will be leaders front here to pray with anyone. You also have friends around you who will do the same. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday harvest. You're loved.